On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we're going to talk about our language. Yeah, we're going to talk about how we talk tonight. Well, that's going to be interesting. A lot of, uh, well, profane language. Right? Yeah, we, you know, it just seems like there's been an, in recent years an explosion in profanity. You can hardly listen to anything that's broadcast. Uh, even you can't hardly listen to anybody talking in public without hearing all kind of profanity. We want to address the question of profanity from a biblical point of view tonight. All right, we're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 3-1-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, January 30th, 2020. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Great to be with you, Jacob. Good to be with you. Kyle's here. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. Glad you're here. And uh, welcome to you on the other end of the line tonight. We're glad you made it uh, time for, to listen to the program, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. If you're listening live, uh, questions at collegeview.com, 877-381-4567, or the chat room uh, to the bottom of your video feed. If you're listening in the recorded podcast version, you can still use that phone number. You can still use that email address. Uh, to send in your comments. We'd love to hear from you anytime, whether it be tomorrow or a year from now that you're listening to the program. If you've got something that you'd like to comment, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Questions at collegeview.com. All right. Um, we had a great weekend, but we might just give a little update on uh, our weekend series that we had been yep. advertising for several weeks. We had a really great weekend here at College View. Uh, really good lessons. Josh McKibben from Somerset, Kentucky, did a great job teaching important Bible lessons, and we just had really great attendance, a very encouraging weekend, and and so we're sort of built up by that, and hope we can keep that momentum rolling along. Well, Dwight, Dwight's in the chat room. Dwight's out in Iowa. He said he was watching the, those uh, services uh, on the Internet, uh, so he benefited from it in Iowa, yeah. he said. And we're going to try uh, to get those sermons into our uh, sermon podcast. We got one tonight. We'll put the first one up tonight. We are going to try that? I got it ready. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see how you do with that. <laughs> you uh, and Kyle will have this. to actually, Kyle, we got you this. and Kyle will act, actually do it. But I, no, I, you're going to try. Yeah, not me. I, no, I prepped the audio. Okay. I got it all, all right. trimmed out okay. and ready to go. All right. Uh, look forward to getting those in your podcast feed. If you're not signed up, find out how to sign up to our podcast uh, feed at our website, uh, collegeview.com. All right. Next week, got a special program. Oh, next go ahead week. and tell about that, Jacob. You've next, been setting that up. Next week, um, got a Lutheran pastor, Chuck, Chuck Westra from uh, Columbia, Tennessee. He has uh, graciously um, accepted an invitation to come and talk to us about the Lutheran understanding of baptism. The purpose of baptism, is it required for salvation, and the candidates of baptism, uh, specifically around the idea of infant baptism. And so looking forward to that, uh, uh, had some discussion. So his name again is? Chuck Westra. And he's with? Uh, the, uh, he's with the Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in he, Columbia, Here in Columbia, Tennessee. And he's going yeah. to join us in person or In person. He's, it looks like it's going to be in person. So it's, oh, great. It's going to be a great discussion. Good. Okay. So look forward to that um, and make plans to be back here. We'll have, we'll have some more information on that next week. But yeah. uh, look for, looking forward to that. All right. Good deal. All right. Uh, on to the topic tonight. All right. Earlier today to our update list, we sent out these questions about profanity. Uh, and again, we always remind you, get on our update list if you're not. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, add me to your list, and we'll get you these emails every Thursday about midday, letting you know our topic for discussion. And these are the questions that went out today to our update list. Number one, what Bible verses would you use to condemn the use of profanity? Number two, how would you address the objection the Bible doesn't give a list of words to avoid. Therefore, you're just making up your own rules about yeah, okay. profanity. Okay. Number three, can certain words be profane in some instances and not in others? Number four, what is the danger if we allow ourselves to hear profane talking via TV and the movies and so forth? What measures do you think a Christian should take to avoid as much as possible exposure to profane language? How would you answer someone who says, you can't cut yourself off from society completely. Mm-hmm. And finally, as an objection, some will argue that 
the Bible itself contains lurid statements and accounts. Okay. So that's the way we want to progress our study tonight. All right. And I like the way you started off first, uh, looking for Bible verses that would condemn the use of profanity, because, you know, I, someone might say, well, you just got, you got tender ears. You're just, you're just sort of a, a prude. Yeah. You're, you're, and, and you're just trying, you're, you're working hard to come up with something from the Bible that sort of justify your, your presupposed position. You know, you've got, you've got this idea. And so you're just searching for something in the Bible, and the Bible doesn't even really address this. I think that's wrong. I think the Bible does address it. Uh, but I just uh, had a, a, a little reference to a recent study by the Parents Television Council mm-hmm. just to sort of highlight the problem we're dealing with. They found that the use of profanity during the so-called family hour, which is 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern time, uh, is up. 58% from two years ago. <laughs> wow. And it was pretty high two years ago, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And the nature of the language, uh, in particular sexual explicitness, is getting qualitatively worse. So there's more occurrences and it's worse language, mm. is what they're saying. Okay. So, I, I mean, and you can multiply the studies that highlight the, the problem that we're dealing with. And so, what does the Bible say? Well, get your Bibles out. Let's do a little Bible study on the virtual Bible study. Look at it. I'm just going to go through some quickly, and then I think maybe our emailers have got some. They may be some of the same. We'll see. Ephesians 4:29. Ephesians 4:29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Notice, there's a contrast there. There, There is corrupt communication, which we'll try to define here in a minute. But it's contrasted with what is good to the use of edifying or building up. Yeah. Well, people are not spiritually edified or built up by the use of vulgar language and profane words and so forth. So profanity is contrasted to that which would edify. The, the corrupt language... Uh, the word corrupt, I think, is interesting because it is from a root that suggests to rot. And you think about rotting food. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the root of the adjective used here. About This is communication that is like rotten mm. flesh or rotten yep. food. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and so we are told, let none of that proceed out of your mouth. I think that's a pretty plain statement in the Bible, contemning bad language, wouldn't you? Yep. All right, uh, Colossians three verse eight. Well, wait. While we're in, wait, you, while, need to, you got one more there. You need to get. While we're in Ephesians, let's look at Ephesians five four. Right. Ephesians five four says, uh, "We'll go back a verse. Fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." Uh, all right. So. The, the, there in Ephesians 5 and verse 4, we're warned about filthiness, which actually, and I had a note about this. Uh, let me see if I can find it here in these notes. Um, that is the, the, the filthy talking, according to Art and Greengrich's uh, Greek lexicon, uh, the, the word filthy or filthiness entails behavior that that goes contrary to social and moral standards, shamefulness, obscenity, shameful speech, uh, a kind of speech that generally considered in poor taste, obscene and dirty. All right. So that would be another plain statement from Scripture that tells us to uh, what well, the kind of talking we need to avoid. The, that that filthy talking. Yeah. Now what what also about that jesting? There, well, that, that, that's, that, that's that, the idea of dirty jokes. Telling double, dirty. So the double entendre. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I say something, but it's got a little, it's got a dirty twist to it. It, yeah. it, it might, you, you could take it and sort of let your mind go with that. Yeah. yeah. And some people will try to make something dirty out of anything yeah. when it was unintended, but some people intend a dirty yeah. meaning, right. and that would be, that yeah, would it, be included it's there. It's explicitly condemned there. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that filthiness and that uh, jesting are, are condemned there. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then Colossians 3, verse 8. We're just trying to show that the, the Scripture does talk about this plenty. Uh, in Colossians 3, 
verse 8. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man and his deeds. And so in the context there, there's, a, there's another misuse of the tongue to tell a lie. But in that same context uh, is the idea of filthy communications proceeding out of your mouth. And you shouldn't do that, he says. You have put off the old man with his deeds. Yep. Those are the kind of things that people who are not committed to the Lord do. Yep. But since we are trying to serve our Lord, those things ought not to be coming out of our mouth. And it's the, the same idea. The, the word filthy there is shameful. And I think some translations actually have it that way. Instead of filthy uh, communication, they talk about shameful speaking. It's a big deal. It's yeah. right in the context there with yeah. blasphemy, and certainly yeah. no yeah. one would, be, would want to be guilty of that. Uh, filthy communication is in that same context. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, here's another one. Second Peter 2, verse 18. All right. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, this says, uh, and it's talking about pagan people and the sins that they engage in and false teachers and their, and their horrible, uh, conduct. He said, uh, that's the broader context. And he says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. So notice they they speak great swelling words. They allure through well these. What would these words include? Things that would attract the but via the lust of the flesh through much wantonness. I think another translation would use the word lasciviousness there. And so that I think would suggest the kind of talk that conjures up sexual images and ideas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talking about that sort of thing in our world. Right. And I think that's condemned there in Second Peter chapter two and verse eighteen. Yeah. And then I would just add something that we hear all the time that is certainly condemned in the Bible, and that's the the, the profane use of God's name. God's name is taken in vain all the time. We would go to the Old Testament. Now, under the Old Testament law of Moses, we understand we're not under the law of Moses. They yep, were, but, right. but in the law of Moses, there was this statement, you shall not take the name of Jehovah your God in vain, Exodus 20, verse 7, which you might recognize as one of the Ten Commandments. You shall not take the name of Jehovah God. That Most commentators would argue that that probably was using God's name in an oath to try to appeal to the Lord's name in the context of take uh, uh, this is a good this is a good cow I'm s- uh, selling you uh, and, and then I would use God's name to try and prove that I'm selling you a good cow when I might be selling you a, mm-hmm. a, a lame old thing mm-hmm. that's about to die so the, probably Exodus 27 may have had reference to using God's name to try and verify faulty oaths. But then uh, in Leviticus 18, verse 21, it speaks about profaning God's name. Leviticus 18, verse 21. And there the principle is probably using that sacred name in a vulgar or common secular way. And that probably applies more to the idea that we see so often in our world of taking God's name in vain. They even abbreviate it now right. with letters, you know. And it's so common. People know what the letters mean. Instead, of, you don't even have to say the phrase. People know what it means when you just write the letters in a text yeah. message. Well, we can look and see what, how they interpreted it in the Old Testament. They they abbreviated the, the name in the Old Testament, and that was to be careful that they didn't misuse it. Now they abbreviate it because it's so com- so it is so commonly misused. Everybody knows. So what it was it means. very sacred in the Old Testament. The yeah. Lord's name. Yeah. In the New Testament, we're instructed in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, in the model prayer, uh, where to uh, reference God as, uh, in his name as being hallowed or sacred. It's not something that you use flippantly. It's not something you use when you're excited. It's not something you use when you're scared. It's not something you use when you're mad. You use his name uh, in very special context and very carefully, we don't uh, blaspheme God by misusing his name. Yes. 
and and in and now those expressions you know don't use don't take the name of the lord thy god in vain not exactly found verbatim in the new testament but the new testament does have a word that's translated in our english bibles as profane and it warns about being profane and and i'll give you a couple references luke or excuse me matthew 12:5 acts 24:6 speak about being profane and and the idea of being profane is to cause something that is to be highly esteemed to be taken or used in a common way uh to to violate it to desecrate it and that's definitely what people are doing when they use the name of god as it is so commonly used in our world today all right it's time for a break um and we'll get that and we'll get your comments on the other side of the break Uh, maybe sign in the chat room if you're not there already share your comments with other listeners how would you uh, say the Bible condemns the use of profanity? Uh, give us some of those verses. You will get some more comments from our emailers on the other side of the break. And, um, well, how do you, then do you know, okay, we're supposed to avoid profanity and filthy talking. How do I know what words to avoid? Because I haven't found the list of words in the Bible. Oh. How will I know? Okay, yeah, I think that's the, the, the follow-up question is, the Bible doesn't give a list of words to avoid. Are you just making up your own rules about this? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get back to that right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. The hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. We have not passed the subtle line between childhood and adulthood until we have moved from the passive voice to the active voice. That is, until we stop saying, it got lost, and we say, I lost it. Drifting is characteristic of dead fish and a lot of people. Rumors are very buoyant. They are easy to float and hard to sink. One of the weaknesses of our age is our apparent inability to distinguish between need and greed. Abraham Lincoln said, he has the right to criticize who has the heart to help. It is the heart that makes a man rich. He is rich according to what he is, not according to what he has. Man, wish I'd said that. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about profanity and uh, how we use our tongue. And the scriptures are very clear. That uh, that uh, explicit language, that profanity, that using of the Lord's name in vain, it's got to go in the life of a Christian. Uh, we're talking about that on the program tonight. All right. So uh, we've got some emailers, Jacob. Let's get to them. All right. We're going to go out to Iowa tonight and get Dwight. He's in the chat room if you'd like to share comments with him tonight. He, said, he references Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37. It's a sobering verse, Matthew 12, uh, 36 and 37 from the New American Standard Version. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give account, account, an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's a really great one, Dwight. Matthew twelve thirty six and 37, that should be in our list. And that's the, the careless word, and I love the King James Version calls it the idle word. You know, just those words, you, yeah, you just, nothing really, you're not really giving any thought to them, Kyle. You just sort of run your mouth. You're going to give account even for those words. Yeah, we have to, every moment of every day, we need to make sure that whatever comes out of our words, because if we're supposed to be Christians, well, that guy over there, he's supposed to be a Christian. He's talking about this kind of stuff. I so, can't believe he yeah, said that. Yeah, he's talking like that, so why not? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We're all, we, Really, people are judging us constantly, and part of what they judge, a big part of what they judge is the way we speak. All right. Uh, uh, and he's got another reference here I'm looking up. Uh, we, we, we referenced Ephesians 5, especially verse okay, okay, 4. So, we, okay, we did that yep. one. Uh, and then he says, if, you, if we are to imitate God, then we need to fall back and remember that we have put off the old man of sin and clothed ourselves with Christ, Galatians 3.27. 
Galatians 6, verse 20 says it is no longer Six, I. Galatians 2.20. Sorry, 2.20. says it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in Exactly. It? Good good points, Dwight. Thank you, Dwight. Kent references uh, 1 Timothy 4.17, uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse 20, 2 Timothy 6, uh, 2, verse 16, and Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. Now, most of those, I think, are talking uh, about profane uh, doctrines and teachings. Yeah, for instance, 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, but refuse profane and old wives' tables and exor- old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So he's, he's keying in on that word profane, which is to use that which is sacred in a common or desecrating way. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important principle. And we were just talking about that, especially in re- in regards to how people are just so flippantly using the name of God. You know, and it might give us pause when we think about maybe some of the religious jokes that people tell. Uh, and, you know, I'm just trying to be funny, but maybe a step towards uh, profaning that which is holy, if not, we're not careful. Yeah. Uh, he says the term profane is properly, properly defined as desecration or pollution. Uh, when such is applied to speech, such would be profanity. Note also James 3, verses 10 and through 12. James three ten out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive branches, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And so he says it's just not consistent for you to be talking that way. And then use your same mouth to try to praise God. I mean, you don't you don't do that. Yep. Uh, I got a uh, see. Did I, uh, I think I think we got some other emails for later. Uh, Art's in the chat room uh, from Winston Salem, North Carolina. So uh, thank you for being there, Art. Um, I got a I got an email from. Um, uh, from Daniel in Florida, hey, Daniel. who was up here last weekend for our special series. Yeah, I drove over 500 miles. He was late getting his email in, and maybe he just got home. Maybe, <laughs> or he's still road weary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he mentions James 2, verse 10 that we just read, Ephesians 4, 29, Colossians 3, 8. So he's on the same page with us, so those verses that we previously mentioned. All right. Um, let's see here. So how do I know what words I need to... Avoid and what I can. What, what's 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 okay? Fair so, game. so our second question is: How would you answer or address the objection? Quote: The Bible doesn't give a list of words to avoid. Therefore, you're just making up your own rules. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let's acknowledge that, with the exception, I think, of God's name and, and the profane that's, use of God's name that is specifically mentioned mm-hmm. in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. With the exception of that, uh, a lot of the so-called dirty words that we would object to uh, obviously are not mentioned in the Bible for one reason is the Bible wasn't written in our English language to start with, you know. So it would be pretty hard to have a list of words because words come and go. Words become obsolete. Uh, New words are being born all the time. There's some dirty words that have just sort of generated in the last a few years in the internet age. That's right, and so they're not. They're, the the boys in school aren't using the same dirty words that they used when you were in school. Right. It was old English back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. King James were, had certain were, words. They, they were cursing the teacher in old English. Yeah, yeah using thou and thee in yeah, their right, curse right, word yeah, phrases. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, but but seriously, I mean, obviously, the Bible in order. You know, this this represents actually, if you think about it, uh, the, the wisdom of God. Right. Right. Uh, so that the Bible maintains a timelessness about it. It's mm-hmm. applicable in all ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, words become bad uh, by virtue of their connotation and the and the motive that's in somebody's heart when they use that word. And so, you know, you, you can take a good word and 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 change its meaning. For instance, and I probably might have, I don't intend to, but it might be offensive to some to. to to suggest as a case study the use of the word gay. Mm-hmm. Back 30 years ago, uh, at least within the last 50 years, the, the, the meaning of the word gay has completely changed. And that's just an indication of how a word can be changed to mean something that wasn't at all what it meant before. And, 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 and you can do that and make a dirty word out of a word that was 
previously not that way. And so the Bible obviously doesn't list those words. It, it would uh, it would be impossible to keep an up to date list. Even in our lifetimes, it'd be impossible to keep an up to date list. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, words convey ideas. That's how we communicate, uh, and so therefore, it's the idea that's expressed with the word that makes it either decent, good, or evil and bad. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I, I think that's a pretty lame objection to say, well, since there's not a list in the Bible, then you can't say this word's bad or that word's bad. So, yeah, so we have to be careful of that. Words change meaning. And we have to be aware of what our audience would, how our audience would interpret what we say. For instance, let's say that there is a word that some have begin, begun to use in a, a negative way. Or more commonly, you hear expressions that have a, uh, have a dirty connotation. But I don't necessarily mean it that way, but I don't want someone to misinterpret my speech. And so I've got to be on guard of how I'll be perceived and how I'll be interpreted. I don't want to say something that everyone else uses as, an, as a as a dirty saying. And you might do it, speech. as you say, you might be doing it innocently. But as right. soon as you found out, you'd want to yeah. you'd want to change that yeah. and not use that expression. You know, kids growing up, they hear something and they don't realize that there's a dirty connotation to that, and they're using that just you know playing around. And you say, well, kids. That doesn't sound bad, but it is bad. Don't don't say that. People anyway. use that in a bad yeah, way. Right. Yeah. And, and so and we, ins- we inform and instruct our kids. But as adults, we've got to be careful. How's yeah. that phrase being used? How's yeah. that word being used in society, yeah. Kyle? It's unfortunate, but that's the way it yeah, is. It is. There's terms for, <laughs> at some point in our lives, human life, terms for animals. You know, like uh, whether it's a, a gender of a certain animal or if it's just a, a nickname of a farm animal, things that now we just, <clears throat> they're they are bad words now. Yeah. We can't use those words anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Is, the words now are just so profane and first to even think about, but at some point, that was just probably common usage of just a, an animal. So it's yeah. just, yeah. So, it's, been, yeah. Uh, it's been hijacked. <clears throat> it yep. has been, totally. Yep. Okay. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, and we won't go into detail, but I think everybody understands what you're talking about there, Kyle. That's a good point. That's a classic example of how words change meaning. Therefore, since the word has changed meaning, I'm not going to use that word. Yeah. Even though I was talking about something that's pure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to our emailers, Jacob. Uh, Kent says, as far as the concept of teaching of Scripture of teaching the scriptures are not limited to explicit statements. Implications and examples also instruct us as well. One does not necessarily have to find a thou shalt not in order for a concept to be sinful. Biblical principles are just as binding as explicit statements. When individuals use a language that violates, desecrates, or pollutes moral and ethical decency such as sinful, maintaining a list is not necessary and based upon the changing culture in which we live, not even possible. Exactly right. All right, and then uh, Dwight says, uh, he references Second Peter 1, verses 5 through 7 and 8 and 9. Now, this for this very reason also, uh, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and your self-control, perseverance, and your perseverance, godliness, and your godliness, brotherly kindness, and your, bro- and your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are in are yours and increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Although these verses do not say, do not swear, the very meaning and understanding of these few verses teaches us that vulgarity and swearing should not be a part of the Christian's life. He references Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Yeah. Uh, so he's saying, you know, the characteristics of a Christian... The, the, the traits of their lives should not necessarily be looking for a list. They ought to be, it, their speech ought to be a reflection of their heart. And I think it's a good point that, that Dwight's making there. So show me the list and I'll avoid the list. But if you can't list the words, I'm going to do what I want, uh, which is a bad attitude, right? That's, uh, in other words, if you, can't, if you can't say, if you can't show me the Bible verse that condemns this word that I've been using, I'm going to use it because I don't care. You know, it's bad. I should have a heart that says, man, if it's, if it's even potentially misinterpreted, I'm going to stay far away from it. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. Time for a break. Uh, next question. The next question is going to be, 
can some words be profane in some instances and not in others? We touched on that a little bit. We'll touch on it some more. Just a little bit more. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible stays back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. What do you do when you see a fellow Christian make a mistake? It may be a simple error in judgment, or it could be a more serious blunder, a sin that could potentially send his soul to eternal hell. What will you do? Actually, there are several options open to you. You could ignore the situation totally, or you might in your own mind ridicule his foolishness. If you're a little bolder, you could gossip with others about his error, belittling him as you do so. You see, there are a number of things you could do, but of course there is only one thing you should do. There's only one God-ordained course of action. James 5, verse 20 says, He which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Galatians 6, verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The fact is that we all need the help, encouragement, and strengthening that comes from our brethren. Sadly, too often we do things that hinder rather than help our brother when he is down. The next time you are confronted with such a situation, remember that if you want to please God, your choice is already made. If your brother has made a mistake, there can be no ignoring of the problem, no backbiting gossip, no thoughts of ridicule or humiliation. Go to your brother with the help he needs. Don't forget that you're certain to need this kind of help in the future, too. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Steve Novorak, reminding you to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. And check out College You Make a Playlist from this past weekend's sermons. Yet, oh, sorry, but, uh, but I guess yet. you will be, huh? Yeah, I guess I will. <laughs> uh, I will you be. are now. I will be. Yeah, yeah. check them out. Uh, you'll definitely want to check, catch out those, and uh, yep, you yep. can listen I to any it, of them. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. Oh, you got I'm it. Too. Okay, the playlist is up there. And uh, if you uh, haven't checked that out, check out our website, collegeview.com. And we'd love to hear from you anytime. Co- questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. If you want a bumper sticker, all it takes is a simple email. They're free of charge, and there'll be one in the mailbox headed your way. Uh, questions at collegeview.com. All right. So these, our, are, these actually aren't bumper stickers. They're too big for your bumper, probably. They're going to have to go on your back window. What's these oval ones are pretty big, pretty but big, yeah. they fit on a bumper. But, but they, windows I think are, that windows, windows work better because you can scrub them off when they get faded and put a yeah. new one on. Yeah, they're temporary. Yeah. Like a, yeah, okay. Go All ahead. right. So our third question was, uh, how... Can you can can certain words be profane in some instances and not in others? And I think that's probably a very obvious question. For instance, we've been talking about the misuse of God's name. Yeah. So it, there are ways that you should not say the name of God, but there are other obvious ways in which you should be saying the name of God. And so there, there's the probably the the simplest illustration of that point altogether. Uh, uh, the word damn, uh, there's a way to use that word that is is proper. I mean, th- those who do not serve God will be damned to eternal hell. Uh, Jesus used that word, for instance, in uh, Mark 16. Uh, he said in verse uh, uh, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Well, that's not vulgar. That's not profane. That's not profanity when it's used that way. But you can certainly use that word in a profane way. And so what we're saying there is uh, that the method and motive in which words are used define whether it's profanity or not. And, and, And the same word might be profane in some uses and not in others. And I think people know that when they see it. Or hear it. Uh, yeah, Daniel was on the same brave wave there as you. He said, uh, the name of God is holy. To use it as a byword, ignoring the meaning uh, is profane or making it unholy. So yeah. he says, yeah, that's it. God, using the name of God is yeah. one of the examples. Yeah. Um, um, we, we had a discussion in a Bible class here uh, not too long ago about the use of the word fool. And Matthew in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus said, in verse 22, 
Whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Rekha shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Well, I'll tell you, I was taught as a kid never, ever to use the word fool, never to call anyone a fool, and I couldn't bring myself to do that today if my life depended on it, I suppose. But we read in the Scripture where the word actually is used, used by God, used by inspired writers. I'll give you a short list. Psalm 14, 1, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty six, Galatians 3, verse 1. And so uh, the word fool, uh, how it's used and what the motive what is when you're using the word either makes it acceptable or not acceptable. All right. So the, the answer, the short answer to the longer question is yes, obviously. Uh, some words can be proper in certain settings and uses and profanity in other uses. Okay. Um, Kent says, yes, when society in general or a particular society views a type of speaking to be profane, we must avoid such. This is not based upon arbitrary action. Such is based upon respect or honor and honor of following the New Testament of Christ as our standard of authority, James 3.13. I would agree that in this passage, the term conversation is not limited to that regarding the usage of words. Such would include the totality of one's lifestyle. However, however the usage of words should be included in this admonition. So... Kent says you got to be careful about the, the society that you're in, the culture that you're in. And that's a true statement, especially now as our communication goes farther and wider. There are certain phrases that we might use here that don't have a bad connotation, but you go somewhere else and they might. Uh, uh, kind of a funny story of a preacher friend from years ago, uh, Harold Comer. And some of our listeners probably know or knew Harold Comer. He moved to Australia to preach uh, back in maybe the 70s or 80s. After he'd just been there, uh, he went to church service on on Sunday morning, and and, uh, his wife was not with him, and the folks asked asked where she was, and he said she's under the weather. Mm -hmm. Well, they sort of raised eyebrows, and nothing was said. And so the next week when they went, when he was back to services on Sunday, they asked about his wife, and and she sa- he said, well, she's still under the weather. And, uh, boy, boy I, eyebrows really raised. And finally they told him that in Australia the expression under the weather means drunk. Mm-hmm. And so for two Sundays the preacher had been telling the assembled saints that his wife was home drunk. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the point. You gotta, uh, words have different meanings in different places. You've got to kind of be attuned yeah. to that. Yeah. And uh, uh, Dwight is in Iowa. He references the name of... Uh a donkey, he says, that people misuse, and others. He says, so there are certain, certainly words that people will misuse. You have to be careful about how you use them. Yeah. All right. And then Daniel, did we get? Oh, yeah, we got Daniel. Okay. Yeah, I think we All got right. that. Uh, in the chat room, Eric brings up something that I think I should have included in the questions. And we'll just um, maybe make a quick passing observation about euphemisms. Eric said, I suppose we should be careful with euphemisms as well as not to offend 1 Corinthians 10:32. I think I think yes, we need to be careful about euphemisms because euphemisms have been used to substitute for obviously profane words. And so you use a euphemism for the name of God. Instead of using God's name, you use a substitute euphemism. Uh, Instead of using the word damn or damnation as the scriptures do, but you're trying to use it in a profanity kind of expression. Well, then there's words used to substitute for for that. There's words used to substitute for hell. Uh, And so... uh, but somebody, we we say, know what they mean. Yeah. Somebody says, well, I didn't say the word. Well, you said the, you, you gave the, the idea, the concept, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't have to call you some ugly name. I, if I had some short abbreviation for it, you still get the idea yeah. that, you're, that I'm being mean to you. So. Uh, so I don't think it really it keeps us guiltless when we use euphemism. They should be avoided. Why would we want to? Again, back to the point that Dwight was making earlier. Why do we want to use Why would we want to even argue for the use of those kind of words. We'll just stay away from them. We don't, you, you, can you not express yourself using words other than those? That are without question, that, yeah. are, that, are, that yeah. are not suspect, yes, yeah. which is our call as the Christians to be yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Go ahead. 
I think that's all I got on that question. Anything else we need yeah, to add in? Yeah, Kelly uh, in the chat room, she says, we see how God feels about name-calling in Second Kings chapter 2 when some young men called Elisha a name. Oh, yeah. So that, and the bears yeah, came the out bears, and, uh, and, and attacked them. There yeah. would be a lot more bear attacks today among <laughs> kids if that still was going on. Exactly right. All right. Exactly right. Okay. All right. We're going to run out of time here, I fear. Uh, let's go quickly to question four. What is the danger if we allow ourselves to hear profane talking via TV, movies, and so forth? What's the danger? Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie and... And actually, in the in the movie reviews and in the movie rating, you know, the, even the ratings people tell you, give you a heads up, you're going to have bad language, you know. So this is rated what R, and and there's three reasons given for which it's rated R: violence, nudity, language. Oh. So the the Hollywood people who who don't have a good moral base, uh, in the, you know, they don't hardly have a moral bone in their body, I suppose. They are telling you this is this is offensive, and you should be advised ahead of time that it's going to be there. Yeah. Why would I want to be exposed to that sort of thing? Because I, t- I tell you the danger of it. The danger of it is it 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 wears us down. We become callous to it. We are not so easily offended. We we become worldly wise, and we know what those words mean, and then we're not offended by them anymore. And it just gradually wears us down when we allow ourselves to be exposed. I, I've told this story before. I don't think ever on the verse of Bible study, but I remember as a, a fairly young kid when, uh, uh, when my dad heard what he thought was a cuss word on TV on a TV show. He wasn't even sure it was a cuss word, but he thought that that's what the guy said. He went immediately to the telephone and called the the local affiliate of that network to register his complaint that this word had been aired over the public airways now he couldn't get off the phone if that was the case yeah now it's constant uh on on broadcast uh, media uh that's just how it's worn us down yeah you know yeah and the other thing about these these movies you got to think about is these are for-profit endeavors and so what you're doing actually is you're paying these people to say these evil words to you. Yeah. Uh, you got to think about that. Now it's a little different. You're at the gas station or something. The guy, you know, across from you gets mad and lets something fly. But here you're actually, well, you know, ahead of time, Kyle, and you're actually paying them to do it. Uh, there's all kinds of issues with that scenario. You know, Greg, I just uh, thought when I was very little and uh, I was with my grandparents and. Uh, there was a as part of a, a lyric in a country song. I have a thinking problem, and she's like she she's like oh she switched, she put the channel. She thought because she thought it said drinking, <laughs> so she like she switched off the radio. She's like oh I just want to switch that off right there. It, that in itself I have a thinking problem is a it is a uh, maybe a turn of phrase on I have yeah. a drinking problem. So it's it's I think it's which country songs. <laughs> any songs? Yeah, any, yeah almost, there's not a lot of country songs that are do not <clears throat> so, contain yeah. offensive yeah, language. Grandparents, yeah. yeah. Um, guess sixty one fifty four says sometimes we have to choose between compromise and offending someone. Jesus spoke very harshly to the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, fifty one forty six says I hardly uh, have been to theaters since most movies there have bad language, and we appreciate uh, that conviction there. Uh, certainly, we have to be careful. Uh, Daniel says, First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty three. To the extent we are exposed, that influence will become have to be overcome. If opportunities of avo- to avoid exposure present themselves, take them. Don't watch the TV or listen to the radio if you know that you will hear it. Why not avoid it? I remember when I was uh, one summer when I was in college, I worked on a construction crew, and uh, the head guy was a really good carpenter. I learned some carpentry skills from him, but he was probably the most proficient cusser that I have ever been around in my life. And I mean, this sounds like an exaggeration. I don't think it is. It, he could not say a sentence without a cuss word in it. He cussed all the time. And, you know, sometimes, especially back in that day, uh, guys were a little more careful with their language around women. He wasn't. I mean, he just let it fly. You know what happened by the end of that summer when I'd been hearing those words? Day in and day out, 
Those words start popping up in my mind. I luckily was able to avoid them coming out of my mouth, but they would come up. You would words that I never even used or thought of were now in my vocabulary, and and then you had to battle to avoid using that kind of speech. That's the danger of being exposed to it. Yeah. Well, along those lines, we have an email from Amy tonight, and Amy says, After seeing tonight's topic for the virtual Bible study, I wanted to reach out and first say thanks for your work and weekly Bible studies. Well, thank you, Amy. Uh, She says, And also let you know about something that my family and I use on a regular basis in case you wanted to use it or recommend it to friends. My husband created a free extension for Google Chrome called Stream Clean that removes profanity and words like God and Lord. The software works with Netflix, Amazon, Disney+, YouTube, Hulu, and many other video streaming services. I'll post the web address below. The software is free, and we're not trying to sell anything. Just wanted to share this with you. Uh, we, too, are members of the church and wanted to take extra precautions for ourselves and our children when a movie or TV show is being watched. Using the software certainly doesn't mean we can watch whatever we want. But even cleaner programs have things we would rather filter out. So she provides the link, and we're not going to pr- give it to you here because it, it ends in about 20 different letters that you are. You would never get it. B I H K A O H. I mean, yeah. So, so it, if, no you, if, you, if you send us an email, I'll, I'll, I'll email you back with that link. So yeah, yeah thanks. If for that you're email. interested in that free stream clean software, send me an email to questions at collegeview.com and say, send me the link to that software and i'll get that to you thank you amy and thanks to your husband uh obviously uh her husband knows a thing or two about uh writing some software Uh, he must be yeah Yeah. all right uh, let's grab our last break jacob and then we'll go to the top of the hour and finish this up all right uh, we're gonna get a break and we're going to the top of the hour don't go anywhere we're back right after this these guys are doing all of the talking we need to hear from you call in now the virtual bible study continues right after this i'm wade shelton In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks it. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. Millennials, that's those who are ages 25 through 40, are leaving religion in record numbers. Nearly 60% of young people who grow up in Christian churches end up walking away. And the unchurched segment among millennials has increased in the last decade from 44% to 52%. That mirrors a larger cultural trend away from church going in America. That information is via Barna.com. The Word of God says in Mark 8, beginning verse 36, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the program tonight as we go to the top of the hour. We're going to run fast here. Real quick, uh, uh, yeah, we, got we, emails. We, we ask, what measures do you think a Christian should take to avoid as much as possible exposure to profane language? And how do you answer someone who says, well, you can't cut yourself off from society completely? Let's see what our emailers said. Well, Mohan's up in the Chicago, Illinois area tonight, and he said uh, measures we can take to avoid exposure would be to not watch entertainment that consists of bad language, avoiding ungodly places such as bars, wild parties, clubs, wild music concerts, etc. So he says you can just you can be a little more proactive and avoid absolutely. Some of those Why not? Uh, Kent says there is a danger of listening to profane language. If one hears such constantly, it can desensitize one to sinful living. One measure we can take is by avoiding as much as possible exposure to such profane speaking we cannot totally remove ourselves from society however we can limit ourselves from an over uh, amount of of such contact we when given the opportunity we can present new testament truth to others in society as to what the scriptures teach that will not only serve as a means of instructing others in the word of god it will also serve as a safeguard to help keep profane speech from having a negative influence on us you know one of those things he mentions there is by the way that we conduct ourselves it will give a, a a vibe to other people to whether that, they should should or could use that kind of language. And they, maybe not as much as they used to avoiding that, but they're certainly in times past and, and still today. 
folks will they, curb some uh, of that and, language. And they don't have to be around you too long before they find out that you don't no, use he that. Doesn't, he doesn't talk like that. He probably and, doesn't appreciate and, and, me talking like that. And then they'll say something, you know, oh, excuse my French or something, right. you know, because they know that yeah. you're not talking that way. Yeah. No offense to da- the French. Daniel says, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good morals. He says, to the extent that we are exposed, that influence will have to be overcome. If opportunities uh, to avoid exposure present themselves, take them. Don't watch the TV or listen to the radio. If you know you'll hear it, uh, why not avoid it? Daniel's comment was so good, we read it twice. Oh, did you read that? I right? did. That's all right. Uh, Dwight, I like that comment, uh, It was good, Daniel. Dwight says, I think of 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three, same one Daniel mentioned, uh, where it says, Be not deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. The more you're around it, and you become callous to it. The more susceptible you become to saying those words. He says, Curb the shows you watch and people you hang out with. They can rub off on you all too easy. Thank you for that, uh, Dwight. And he says, uh, I've always said, I live in the world. I do not have to be partaking in the evil deeds or practices. First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 states this clearly, I believe. All right. Very good. Very good. I, uh, I think those are all really good points. And, and you are going to have to be, I think the word you use, take it proactive. We're going to have to be mm-hmm. proactive mm-hmm. Uh, because there's just so many more avenues by which those kind of things get pumped in our direction. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Uh, TV is, man, TV's 75 years old, maybe 80. I mean, most people didn't. 75 years ago, most people didn't have a TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember, and I'm not that old, but I can remember when we got our first TV when I was maybe five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And and so, and then think about the movies. Well, what do we got going on there? Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, talk, uh, and the internet, and I mean, uh, the the there's just an exponential burst of profanity. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, okay. I think right. we're ready. All right. So let's take the last question. Um, how would you answer this objection? Uh, the objection is that the Bible itself contains lurid statements and accounts. The Bible's a dirty book, some people say. It's got dirty stuff in it. So here you've spent the whole hour telling us that we ought to be careful not to use dirty words. And, and yet you're trying to base all of this and your whole, and your whole lifestyle is based upon a book that has dirty stuff in it itself. How are you going to answer that? Well, Daniel says there are statements that are strong language, even used with harm intended. He references 1 Samuel 20, verse 30. But those are unapproved and evil. The Bible uses the words with their proper meaning when describing things, even some unsavory things, but even still the Bible is respectful. All right. All right, good. So maybe there are, yeah, maybe maybe folks, there may be some uninspired statements there, he says, uh, inspired accounts of uninspired people talking. Um, Kent says the Bible does contain a written record of some very profane events, but it does not address those events in profane language. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, Dwight says the Bible is a book which contains God's laws. He spells them out in some areas very plainly, but he does not use the word, those words in a vulgar name-calling way. Leviticus eighteen verse twenty. Levi- I'm sorry, That's an Le- example. Leviticus eighteen twenty-two says you should not lie with a male. As uh, okay, so talking about that homosexual activity, uh, it, it it was law being given by God to Moses to give the people uh, to teach that behavior is sin and is abomination to him. Nor not to God, uh, not for God to use it to bash homosexuals, but to teach what He knows is best for man. John fourteen says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." All right. So All right. I came across an essay on this by Wayne Jackson. I think some of our listeners are familiar with Wayne Jackson. Uh, here's what he says. I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm not going to read it all, but just parts of it. He says, the biblical narratives reflect actual historical situations. They were not composed to exploit sexual situation or to titillate young readers. These narratives were incorporated in the holy text in order that we might learn from the negative examples. In other words, so it does, David's uh, uh, adultery with Bathsheba, for instance, it's in there. But it wasn't written to exploit that. Can you imagine what a movie maker today would do with the story of David and Bathsheba? Uh, So he says it it wasn't written for that reason. Uh, In the scriptures, immoral conduct is condemned, not condoned. When the Bible refers to sexual matters in the context of a historical narrative, it does so with great sensitivity. 
for instance, Moses wrote that Adam knew his wife Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very sensitive wording. Uh, even David's adulterous affair is described discreetly. Simply says he lay with her. That's the way the sacred writer mentioned it in Second Samuel eleven verse four. Uh, Matthew recorded the dancing of Herodias's daughter uh, at Herod's birthday celebration. But simply says the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod. Matthew fourteen verse six. Uh, it's it, 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 you might imagine some of the things that were going on on that occasion, but there's absolutely nothing in Matthew's depiction of that event that would try to draw that out in a vulgar way. Uh, then Wayne Jackson asked a simple question: If the Bible really is all that salacious? As the critics of Christian morality allege, how is it that the porn shops don't stalk the Bible? Uh. Uh, and why do the promoters of smut disdain and rail upon the sacred volume so much? That's sort of telling, he says. I think he's right about that. Yeah, because they know more than the Christian in that in that regard, and they realize that it's not. But the Christians want to use it as an excuse. Unfortunately, it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe to wrap up our discussion, Jacob, let's go to Colossians 4, verse 6. All right. Colossians 4, verse 6. Uh, Colossians 4, verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And so... Uh, we we want to be careful. I, I mean, I, I always thought that that verse was pretty easy to understand. The idea of seasoning with salt, you you, you want to do that right. If you if you're not careful with the salt, you'll ruin whatever you're salting. And so, with the same sense of caution that you use when you season your meat with salt, let your speech be. Always with grace, so that you know how to answer a man in a proper way. Yeah. Uh, and so that ought to be our goal. And we got to realize we got to keep our tongue under control. James chapter three goes on and on about the dangers of the tongue. Uh, even the uh, the, the tongue uh, it, all, for all kinds of beasts and birds and serpents of the things of the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame it. Is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Got to be careful about that. And I like what Eric had mentioned earlier uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32. Give no offense neither to the Jews nor the Gentiles nor to the church of God. Yeah. Don't say anything that could be taken the wrong way that could offend. You're on guard. And, and you're not going to just let your be able to let your tongue run wild. You've you got to keep it reined in. you got to be. And that's what we're saying is you've got to be conscious of it. You know, somebody there are some people who try to make something dirty out of everything and anything. And so you, you might not be able to avoid it in that case. But to your very best of your ability, be be actively careful about how you use words. And then we missed a comment from Dwight, and, and we should have thrown it in with Eric's comment on euphemisms. He says, euphemisms are very much used by people of the world to try not to offend those who may be hearing. This shows to me that their understanding of God's word is very shallow and that they do not study to be approved of God. In no scripture will you find the Lord using swear words, euphemisms, etc. Why would we? It's like like trying to get as close to the fire without getting burned, not yeah. wise. Very good. Well, in I fact, agree, Dwight. you don't get close without getting burned. You get burned when you use euphemisms. Yeah. And I uh, appreciate, Dwight, for those comments. Appreciate all of our listeners for chiming in, uh, for the listeners in the chat room and on email. And uh, a good discussion tonight, an important discussion, probably one that doesn't get discussed enough. in our. Well, obviously, it doesn't get discussed enough in our society, Kyle, or else the problem wouldn't be so rampant. No, I think uh, we can't tame the tongue, but... I think the best thing to do is if, when you feel yourself getting heated, just don't just don't say anything at all. Just just that's the best way to do anything at all. Just be thoughtful about our speech. It tells the condition of our heart and our soul what comes out of our mouth. So we need to make sure that we think thoughtfully and speak speak thoughtfully. Man, you're not going to be able to stand in the, to before God on the day of judgment and say, you know, I was really mad. That's why I said that. No, every idle word Jesus said. You're going to give account. Yeah. Kyle, thanks for being here. Remember next week, Jacob, remind us of next week's program. Next week, that's right. Uh, Lutheran Pastor Chuck Westra will be here uh, to talk about baptism uh, as as the Lutherans understand it. Uh, And so we're going to talk about 
uh, how they view baptism, the purpose of it, is it necessary for salvation, uh, and uh, what uh, what does God promise through baptism and their understanding, and uh, who are the valid candidates for baptism specifically? What about baptizing, baptizing infants? Uh, looking forward to that discussion. You'll definitely want to be here for that uh, as we uh, uh, have a good discussion with Chuck Westra next week. All right. That, Good discussion. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, joining us on the program tonight. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.